views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Good afternoon, Portland. I'm Len Asante. This is WQKR, and I am the loyal opposition. It is 93 degrees and sunny at the Portland Municipal Airport. Today on the loyal opposition, we have uh, election news update, Sumner County failing in voter turnout, Marsha Blackburn backfires and then backfires again, and our special guest today, Dr. Andy Spears, talking about education in Sumner County. Oh, welcome to the Loyal Opposition. All right, for those new listeners, uh, the Loyal Opposition is all about exactly what it sounds like. The Loyal Opposition are folks who disagree with the policies of the majority, or in this case in Tennessee, the supermajority, but are still loyal to the American and Tennessee constitutions. So it is my job as the Loyal Opposition to give you the story that your elected officials aren't telling you, or the other side of the story, or in some cases, the truth, where all you've been hearing is lies. So uh, that's my job, and I hope I do it well, and I hope you listen every week. We'll, we are on the air every week from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Wednesdays right here on WQKR, FM, AM, and online at WQKR.com. First up today, Election Day is tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, August 4th. 2022 is the state and federal primary election and the county general election here in Portland and Sumner County. And we have a variety of offices on the ballot, everyone from state representative to county mayor, uh, school board, county commission districts, and some uh, local races as well. Uh, now, the uh, this is quite an interesting election for a couple of reasons, and one of the reasons it's quite an interesting election is no one seems to be participating in it. Uh, voting in Sumner County is down by double-digit percentages over last election and the election before that. Uh, and in particular, we have some races that have barely passed the 100-vote threshold in Sumner County. So. Tomorrow is election day. Early voting is over. Uh, polls open 7 a.m. For those of you who are planning to vote, and I certainly hope everyone within the sound of my voice is planning to vote, uh, to find out who to vote for, where to vote, where your polling place is, rules and regulations, and everything like that, you want to head over to votesumnertn.org. That's www.votesumnertn.org. You'll be able to find your polling place, hours, and uh, sample ballots for all of the races. So head on over there and make sure you do your duty as Americans and vote. If you don't vote, you're not allowed to complain. Okay, a little bit more about elections. Uh, early voter turnout was very low, as I mentioned. Sumner County, in fact, ranks 92nd out of 95 counties in percentage of voter turnout in the early voting period for this election. 92nd out of 95. Folks, we can do better than that. We have several important races on the ballot. We have contested school board races, which make a huge difference in the education of your children. 
We have a three-way Republican primary in a newly created state house district, number 35, uh, which has gotten a little nasty in recent days. And we have a contested county mayor's race and a bunch of other contested races up and down the ballot. Folks, local elections make a difference. Okay, local elections make a difference. Who you elect determines what your tax rate is going to be, how good your schools are going to be, how well we pay our teachers and our civil servants, okay, whether we get that new park in town, whether we get that new road built, whether we get that new sewer line laid. It may not be particularly interesting or exciting, but uh, it is important. So please go out and vote tomorrow for the candidates of your choice. You'll have a choice again in the uh, state and federal primary. You can pull a Democratic or a Republican ballot. Uh, and in the county general, um, you can vote for the candidate of your choice that you see on the ballot. So election day tomorrow, head on out and vote. Let's see if we can move up a little from 92nd. Sumner is the eighth largest county in the state. I think we should be at least eighth in voter turnout. What do you think? Let me know. Head on over to our Facebook page at The Loyal Oppo on Facebook. Leave a comment. Uh, if you say something interesting or funny or cute, uh, we'll get you on the air. Okay, onward and upward with the news. Next story, Marsha Blackburn turns around and then turns around again. Uh, poor Senator Blackburn has changed her, has changed her ways so many times. She must be dizzy. What am I talking about and why am I talking about it? Senate passed yesterday uh, by an extremely bipartisan 88 to 11 vote, uh, a bill that will help our veterans in the most recent wars. Uh, Marsha Blackburn originally voted for this legislation first time around, then turned around and voted against it in, when, you know, for a procedural vote earlier last week. But then after a huge backlash from veterans groups all across the nation, uh, it, pressure mounted to have that vote taken again. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat out of New York, held that second vote. And this time the bill passed overwhelmingly with 88 votes, including Marsha Blackburn uh, from Tennessee. Both the senior and junior senators from Tennessee originally voted against the bill and then turned around and voted for it. Okay, why do I find this interesting? Well, Marsha Blackburn is a regular contributor to the opinion columns in the local newspapers in Sumner County. I'm sure you've all seen her. I'm sure you've all seen her articles in the paper. Uh, last week, she had a wonderful, a wonderful, uh, not so factual, but a wonderful nonetheless column about uh, Joe Biden's pandemic and how that is uh, making America less safe because we are forcing National Guardsmen to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, or be cut out of the National Guard. And of course, this has been an issue since the vaccines came out and it was required that all military personnel become vaccinated. Marsha Blackburn railed against, railed against this, arguing she was pro-veteran and, and was working, I quote, tirelessly on Capitol Hill for our veterans. And, but then she turns around and votes for purely political reasons in a procedural vote to block a bill that would send billions of dollars to veterans' health care to help veterans exposed to uh, burn pits in the Middle East during the last wars. Uh, and only changed her vote back to a positive when it was seen as uh, politically necessary due to an outcry from veterans groups 
including some groups that actually camped out on Capitol Hill uh, expecting the vote to change, which it did. So good job to our veterans. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for standing up for your rights and getting the Republicans, including Marsha Blackburn, to do the right thing for a change. Okay, what is going? What else is going on in the world here? We're talking about elections. We're talking about Marsha Blackburn, uh, but there is more than that. Okay, uh, COVID-19, I brought that up in the Blackburn story. Did you know? that over 440 people on average are still dying from the COVID-19 virus every day in the United States. Uh, even though the media has gotten sick and tired of reporting on COVID, and even though you've probably got sick and tired of uh, hearing about it, it's still out there, folks, and it's killing hundreds of people a day. It has killed over a million Americans since we started back in the early days of 2020. And, and my biggest question about this is why don't we care more? Over a million of our American citizens are dead. This should be a time of national mourning. More Americans have died from COVID than have died in every war we have fought since the day this country was founded till today by a good amount, over one million folks. And while we treasure and respect and honor our veterans who gave their lives for our country, uh, we seem to be forgetting about these million-plus Americans who have died uh, from COVID. So uh, I say uh, every day that people die from COVID should be a day that we're thinking about them, remembering them, uh, especially those who died in the line of service giving health care to other sick people. Go out and get your vaccines, people. Uh, it will help you. Uh, five friends of mine right now are currently down with COVID. Um, they're all on the mend, thankfully, but uh, it is still out there, and we should still play it safe. Okay, let's take a short break, and when we get back, uh, we're going to have our first our guest for today, Dr. Andy Spears. It is 10 after 5, and this is WQKR. At MedCenter Health, we want you to know your growing family is safe with us. We offer the best OBGYN services in newborn care right here. With a wide range of services from preconception counseling and pregnancy to childbirth and the area's most experienced newborn intensive care unit, your family is the reason that we offer world-class care, even for the tiniest of patients. Because getting you back to the things that are most important to you is important to us. To learn more, visit medcenterhealth.org. Did you know that practicing gratitude promotes a positive mindset? strengthens your self-esteem, reduces stress and anxiety, and improves sleep? Hi, Michelle Harbin, certified nutrition coach and owner of Harbin Hollow Local Market here. Being in a state of appreciation is a large part of my daily wellness routine. Since opening Harbin Hollow, I give thanks daily for the many opportunities our little market provides. I'm grateful for the farmers and small batch artisans who share their crops, products, and talents with us. I am grateful for our team and the sense of family we foster. And I am beyond thankful for the Portland community and each of you that continually chooses to shop small and spread the local love. Visit Harbin Hollow Local Market to enjoy local meats, dairy, baked goods, bath and body products, handmade jewelry, and more. Remember, 67 cents of every dollar you spend at a local small business stays right here in our community. Join me in a... Bumbershoot. 
bumper to bumper at the Mint Gaming Hall is your chance to win a new Mercedes A220 or a Ford Escape. That's right, qualify to win a Mercedes at Kentucky Downs by earning a gift on Fridays or a Ford Escape at the Mint Gaming Hall Bowling Green by earning a gift on Saturdays. No need to win a drawing to qualify. Simply collect all six car-themed gifts and you are in the grand prize drawing. Begins July 15th. Check out all the details at themintgaming.com. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're looking for a job or a better job, we have good news for you. Habilitation and Training Services, better known as HATS, is looking for direct support professionals, DSP, to work alongside adults with intellectual disabilities by assisting them with community integration, community employment, and activities of daily living in a residential setting. It's a specialized field, but prior experience isn't required. It's a job that's rewarding and meaningful and offers great benefits, including paid time off, health, dental, and life insurance, a retirement program, and longevity pay. And in addition to all that, every night when your day is over, you know you've helped people to have a better life. What a great feeling. What a great job. HATS offers full-time, part-time, and PRN positions for various shifts in Portland, Gallatin, and Springfield. For more information, call 615-575-1030. That's 615-575-1030. Or go online to HATSTN.org. HATSTN.org. This is a rare opportunity to have a job you love and help other people who need your help. Make the call today, 615-575-1030. You'll be glad you did. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Who says the perfect friendship doesn't exist? Get 20-piece chicken McNuggets and a basket of fries for only $8.99. Share it with a friend or many friends. Only at McDonald's. For a limited time, prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back. This is the Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lena Santi, and you're listening to WQKR Portland. It is 93 degrees and sunny at the Portland Municipal Airport. Stay cool and stay hydrated out there, folks. All right, I'm glad to introduce our guest for this week. Our guest is Dr. Andy Spears, uh, who's going to speak with us about education issues. Andy, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Lynn. Um, yeah, I am Andy Spears. I've been on the show um, in the morning show before, but I've not been on to this new show, so I'm excited about this. Uh, afternoon is a great time. Tell your friends. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I've lived in Hendersonville uh, for 20, more than 20 years now, and I have a daughter who's now a junior in high school, uh, which is pretty exciting and kind of amazing. And what high school is she going to? She goes to uh, Merrill Hyde Magnet, okay. um, and so that makes me feel a little old, but I am younger <laughs> than Lynn, so we'll, we'll go with that, but... Um, I do a lot of writing about education policy. I write Tennessee Education Report um, about education uh, politics here in the state. Um, also write a national education newsletter called the Education Report. Um, and then have been a lobbyist um, on education issues, on a range of consumer issues. Um, and so, you know, do consulting around communications and advocacy. I'm at the legislature every year 
Um, that's becoming less and less pleasant, but um, <laughs> I can imagine. But I def- somebody has to go there and advocate for schools and for consumers, and so I get to do that and get to work with people, um, many of whom are trying to do the right thing, and then often are are kind of thwarted by by people with a lot of money or or Bill Lee. He does a lot of right. Money often talks. Money often talks. Um, where'd you go to school, Andy? Uh, yeah, so that's a great question. I got my PhD at uh, Tennessee State, so I earned a PhD while I was working at the legislature. Um, so went to school at night, and then before that was at Western Kentucky. Um, Go Hilltoppers. Yeah, Bowl- Bowling Green, Kentucky, just just north of here, and so um, not very far up the road. But um, every now and then I get up there for a football or basketball game. They, they tend to have a pretty good sports team at their, their level. Always better than Middle Tennessee. I like to remind all my MPSU <laughs> friends that Western tends to, tends to win those games in basketball and football. So. All right. Well, despite his uh, mixed tastes in sports teams, uh, we're going to talk to Andy about education anyway. Uh, Well, Andy, this was uh, Sumner County Schools returned to school this week. Uh, Today is Wednesday, so I guess today's the third day of school for the new year. Uh, So what's new and exciting at the state and or county level in education? Um, Yeah. So one thing I want to say really quick while you're since this is the first week of school and you mentioned um, elections. Tomorrow is election day, so if you have not voted, which it seems like most of you have not, uh, you can vote tomorrow. Uh, kids are off school, so uh, the presence of your child at home may remind you something is different, and that, <laughs> that is that it's time to go vote. Um, you know, I think the, uh, the thing that's interesting to me is that we have a chance to um, nominate a candidate for Governor Challenge Bill Lee on the Democratic side, um, and that gets to what I want to talk about a little bit, which is... Um, kind of the privatization of school. So the Hillsdale uh, Charter School, Hillsdale is a private Christian college um, in Michigan. Governor Lee wants to send public money to Hillsdale yes. to run about 50 yes. charter schools. Um, there's actually a, a charter school application from a group called Founders Classical right here in Sumner County. Um, they really? will, Yes, and they will likely um, adopt the Hillsdale curriculum. So they're not, they're not run by Hillsdale, but they want to run the same type of curriculum, uh, the 1776 history curriculum that's the one that says slavery wasn't that bad right um, right and a lot of other things um so they have appealed they, they were denied by the Sumner county school board but they have appealed to the state charter commission um if in october that commission says that founders should get to open Sumner county will have its first charter school so we have no charters in Sumner county right now that's correct okay um okay so what's so bad about what so bad about hillsdale it's it's a college it must be full of people who know american history uh, well, that's, they, they know something about American history. They have, they have, they have a very uh, specific view of American history, which is definitely informed by uh, a particular strain of, um, you know, maybe I'll call it puritanical Christianity. Um, and, and so and they all, the interesting thing about Hillsdale, to me, one, one of several, is they refuse all federal money because if you take federal money, you're not allowed to discriminate in admissions. Right. Um, so, so they're not, allowed, they discriminate, so because right. they, don't, they, they don't take the um, The president recently said that diversity officers are people who don't really know anything, and so they major in education. Um, he was in an event in Tennessee and said that teachers were trained in the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges in the country. <laughs> um, he then wrote a letter that said he apologized if that got Bill Lee in trouble, but he wasn't sorry for saying that because it's true that teachers are dumb and basically trained in dumb. Right. He was apologizing that if it got, might have got Bill Lee into trouble and not apologizing for what he thought or what he said. Right. right? And so that's the guy who runs the whole, whole Hillsdale. And then um, his chief of staff actually is one of the, the, um, one of the board members of the charter schools that are applying here. So, you know, the, the, so there's a connection. There's definitely a direct connection. So that charter school has said, Hey, we're not affiliated with Hills, Hillsdale. As you might imagine, 
teachers across the political spectrum were not happy about the governor being at an event where the president said right and and after after the president of hillsdale college made these statements um while he was in the presence of the governor how did the governor respond did he stand up for our teachers uh, that's a great question. Um, you would think that a governor um, who was just a regular guy who ran an HVAC business would, would stand up, maybe even hit the guy, but uh, <laughs> he did not do that. He sat there quietly, and then the next day, uh, two days later, wrote an article um, in the scene talking about leftist activists, which was not at all part of the conversation. Um, and then since then, as there's been more pressure, has said um, Hillsdale is not his vision, which is interesting because you now have three charter schools affiliated with Hillsdale across the state applying for um, permission from Governor Lee's Charter School Commission. So, and there's can, and there's money involved in this, isn't there? Um, yeah, there's. Well, the charter schools will definitely get money. There's a new. So the interesting thing is these schools are now applying to get charters at the same time we we passed a new school funding formula. So the charter schools actually stand to get uh, more money um, under the new system in 2023, uh, thanks to Bill Lee. So Lee changed the funding formula would benefit charter operators at the exact same time. His friends. Uh, at Hillsdale or stand to get a lot of money. Okay, so there's, so let's see if, if let me, tell me if I've got this right. It sounds like we have got uh, a situation where there are clearly some agendas in play. We have a religious agenda, uh, we have political agenda, we have an economic agenda. Uh, and we don't seem to have a what's best for our kids agenda. Right, I think lost in all that is is exactly what you're talking about what's what's good for kids so let's just think about sumner county because that's where we are um if founders were to be approved by the state and they took 300 kids which is what they want that seems like a small number in terms of thirty thousand students sure, right yeah but that's about 2.7 million dollars that sumner county would lose now all 300 kids um that's not going to be enough to close a school it's probably not going to be enough to maybe you may be able to hire one or two less teachers depending upon if they all come from the, a similar place or not um and so you, you might get a savings of two to $300,000 maximum, and you're going to have expended the same, ex, same expenses. So Sumner County is going to be operating at schools with two to $3 million less money if the state forces us to take this charter. Right. So right. That, that's the real impact. Kids will have less if this opens um, in Sumner County, and it seems highly likely that it would, which is why I think it's really, really important um, that you go out and vote not just tomorrow, but then again in November. Um, to kind and of this, stop this. And the, the bill enabling this charter school program was somewhat controversial, if I recall correctly. Can you uh, and, and refresh our memory a little bit? The bill, well, so the bill, the, the state legislation that created mm -hmm. the State Charter Commission, that was back in 2019, um, definitely ran into, you know, even some Republican opposition for a while. But, um, you know, that was early in, in Bill Lee's term. I think he was able to, to overcome that with some goodwill uh, with his fellow Republicans, with the right. promise that, he was looking to help uh, Nashville and Memphis open charters, and it wasn't going to Im impact local uh, districts outside of, of the two big cities in the state. All right, which also, as I, you know, there was a constitutional question there raised, because it was uh, the Tennessee Constitution basically says that a, a law must apply to all of the state, and here was a law that seemed to apply to only two counties, uh, two Democratic counties in an otherwise Republican state, but the Tennessee Supreme Court said... Uh, that was not the case. Yeah, the Supreme Court said that the home rule provision doesn't apply to uh, to school boards, and so that's really interesting. But um, there are there are there's an ongoing constitutional uh, ongoing court case um, about about other issues not related to home rule. But 
but for the right for right now the this whole controversy means uh basically private schools can take public money uh and operate with a very clearly religious agenda right and this this is this is not extra public money this is public money that is being taken from our public schools and given to these private operators how um but we've seen charter schools pop up here and there in this state and in others and how well do they do academically? How are those students? Uh, how are those students doing? I mean, the idea is that they, these schools have these amazing curriculums, and that the students are going to excel and be able to get into all the best colleges. So, what are we? What are we seeing as results of charter schools? Um, so, there are a couple of outliers that do very well. Um, Lead Academy in Nashville do, do, typically does well. That they, they have school operate several charter schools. Uh, they get good results by and large. They do the same as. Uh, traditional public schools. So the idea is you're going to go into these, un, you know, uh, poor economic areas, and you're going to be able to provide better service uh, than they're getting from the school district. The reality is that's not true. And then for a significant number, they actually do worse. So the, the we had an experiment called the Achievement School District uh, that started in 2011, operated 27 schools in Memphis. All of those schools are currently in the bottom five percent of all schools. In the state, so the they bottom five percent of right. all the schools in the state. So you take every every Tennessee high school, for example, the charter schools in Memphis um, are in the bottom five. Um, that that means they're they're doing worse, and there there are many schools in Memphis that that are in the you know in the top half of the, of the state. So, so is it is it fair to say that at best charter schools do around as well as public schools, but at worst they do significantly worse? That, that's absolutely fair. There's there's a lot of evidence, not just here, but in other states that say um, the best charter schools do as well, maybe slightly better. Um, typically, for whatever reason, uh, charter schools typically underperform in math. So they might they you might be on track or slightly better in math, reading, but you really? lose in, you lose ground in math. Um, you know, in Memphis, they've been just worse than the public schools that everyone said were terrible. And the. Uh, uh, so there's there's definitely sounds like there's definitely reasons to uh, think about how we proceed with charter schools. If if I'm a parent, if I'm a taxpayer, if I'm a concerned citizen, and, and I have concerns about charter schools expanding in my state or my county, uh, what what sh what should I do? How 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 should I spend my energy? Who should I talk to? Yeah. So there are two things you can do. One, and I don't know how much success you would have, but there is a state charter commission and you can certainly, um, so you just, you know, Tennessee state charter commission, uh, you can definitely email the members of that commission. Every one of them was appointed by Bill Lee. So it's unlikely they'll be responsive, but they might. Um, the second thing you can do is definitely talk to your uh, state representative. And that is the person who gets to vote on the legislation that allows this type of thing. That person could rein in the state charter commission. So if I were if I were going to, to spend energy, I would start with my state rep, uh, possibly also copy the state charter commission. Do we happen to know how uh, Representative William Lamberth voted on that bill? Uh, he was definitely in favor of the charter school bill, and, and I believe promised the Sumner County School Board that we would not have a charter school, and here we are on the verge of that. Actually, I, I remember that. He was, uh, he was, there was a lot of talk about it just being for the cities, just being right. for National and Memphis, and now we have our first application. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Representative Lamberth. We <laughs> certainly uh, appreciate the opportunity for uh, millions of our dollars to not go to our schools, but rather to go to charter schools that sounds like may not even do a better job. Right. Hey, um, let's see. We just uh, got a couple of just a couple minutes before our next break. So why don't I 
Why don't I uh, ask you about some good news in schools in Sumner <laughs> County? That the new uh, Liberty Creek campus is opening uh, has opened yeah. this fall. Uh, what do we think about that? Uh, I think it's fabulous. You know, I remember a time many years ago when when school didn't open, we had eighty seven portables. Uh, you know, Sumner County wasn't doing a great job of planning, and so you know, to look ten years, uh, you know, twenty that was twenty twelve. Now we're in twenty twenty two, and see a campus that's amazing. You've got you know, by all accounts, great staff, um, excited kids. Um, mm. You know, it's it's a facility that would rival some of the best looking schools in the state. Um, that campus is going to be amazing. That's what Sumner County kids deserve all across the county. Uh, exactly what we should be doing. And it's, I think it's, at least from my knowledge, it's it's more than they deserve. I, I've actually seen research that suggests the physical facilities where learning takes place actually makes a difference in student achievement. Yeah, I've actually read research like that too, and, and the, the facilities do make a difference. Um, you know, having kids in, in run-down buildings doesn't help, and having kids in portables creates all kinds of problems. Um, Having kids in a beautiful building that, that it's a state-of-the-art facility tells them that education matters. Um, it sends a message from the minute you walk into that building uh, that Sumner County values public education um, and values the education of those kids. Exactly. And I think, it, I think it also helps build community pride. Those kids are proud to go to that school, and they're more likely to stay in Sumner County. Okay, it's time for a break. When we come back, more with Dr. Andy Spears. It is 529 p.m., and this is WQKR. Big Park, bigger fun, bigger smiles. Beach Bend Park, with classic amusement rides and the famous Kentucky Rumble Roller Coaster. Daily shows, games, mini golf, and more. Soak up some sun and take the plunge at Splash Lagoon Water Park with wave pool, lazy river, and exhilarating water slides. Big Park, bigger fun at Beach Bend, where the parking, tubes, and sunscreen are always free. For cabana reservations, season passes, and savings on tickets, visit beachbend.com. What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC, 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Hello, WQKR listeners. This is Courtney Reiselman from Reiselman Buick GMC, and thanks to you, we're the fastest-growing dealership in the Nashville area. Here's the thing. Our goal is every customer, every time. Our name is Buick GMC, yet we buy pre-owned vehicles all over the country. Mercedes, Toyota, Honda, just let us know, and we'll find it. Did you know our collision and body shop is top rated? Bring it to us, and we'll fix it right the first time. Todd, I, and the team thank you for your support and appreciate your business. We look forward to seeing you. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC. Open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. and 8 till 6 
race on Saturday at 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. For convenience and cost efficiency, a gas-heated home is your natural choice with natural gas provided by Portland Natural Gas. When you have natural gas in your home, you can have savings in your bank account. Natural gas is the most efficient energy source and can save you up to hundreds of dollars a year compared to other fuels. So for the energy cost you can live with, make the natural choice. Natural gas from Portland Natural Gas. For more information, call 325-6776. Welcome back. This is The Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lynn Asante, and you're listening to WQKR Portland. It is 96 degrees and sunny at the Portland Municipal Airport, so stay cool and stay hydrated out there. Uh, Let's continue our conversation with our guest, Dr. Andy Spears. We're talking education in Tennessee and Sumner County. Uh, Andy, over the break, we got a question that came in over over Facebook, and uh, listener Michael from Hendersonville, uh, he asks, if the state overturns the local decision about the charter schools, it's his understanding that the school is then supervised by the state and not the local school board. Uh, what does that mean and how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So one, that's absolutely correct. The state, uh, if the state charter commission approves the school, the state charter commission runs, uh, supervises that school. So they decide whether it opens or close, closes. A charter in Tennessee uh, gets is a 10-year charter. So the, that school would have 10 years to operate prove itself and then appeal you know go to the state board again and ask for that what that really means is that our local elected school board has no say uh in that um operation so if the school's not doing well it's not serving kids there's some sort of problem and that can be very confusing for parents who may or people in the community who may say hey i've got a problem who do i complain to who do i complain to you gotta call some bureaucrat at the state it's ironic that republicans are the ones who are creating this layer of bureaucracy instead of local control it's like yes, yes, Republicans do like small government and local control, it, it, except for all the times when they don't. Right, right. <laughs> like when they're overturning Nashville's minimum wage or whatever. Or they're telling your local school board, who you elected, they don't know what's best for Sumner County. You know, we all elect uh, school board members. We're having elections right now. Uh, and what the state commission would say is we know better than Sumner County um, how to run your schools. And so all the costs would be borne by Sumner County. But Right, we still have to pay for this. We, we would absolutely but we don't get any control. We have no control, which is just... You know, complete insanity in, in terms of policy. Isn't That's, that sort of like taxation without representation? Um, Did, it would seem that way. Didn't we? Didn't we fight a war about that one time? <laughs> I, I, I don't. So. I don't remember because you know I got my history degree at Hillsdale College. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, let's continue on with uh, the conversation about uh, about what's going on in education these days. Uh, one recent change, and this is actually the first election where this is the case, uh, the Republicans decided to make races for school board partisan. Um, in the past, uh, school board races were uh, nonpartisan, which means candidates did not declare as a Democrat or Republican. Uh, they were all independents. They were not in the primary elections. Uh, however, the Republicans changed state law to allow for school board elections to be partisan, and our local government uh, approved that and decided that we would make uh, the elections partisan. And so now virtually 
all of the school board races have a Republican running in them, and some have a Democrat running in them. We have, actually, folks, believe it or not, we have more Democrats running for elected office in Sumner County this year than, than as far back as I can remember, probably at least 20 years. We have actually seven Democrats running for office this time around. Um, I, I think some people have had enough, but we're gonna we'll talk more about that. Uh, but first, let's get back to partisan school board races. What do you see as the net result of this change, Andy? Is this a good thing, a bad thing, a, a non-issue? Am I you know talking about nothing? What do we got? Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good question. You know, I think um, unfortunately it kind of introduces all these national issues into local school board races, and so. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about this at the county commission level. You know, there's not a Republican or Democratic way to, to pave a road. You either want the <laughs> exactly. road paved or not. You know, we're opening schools. I would venture to say of the 11 school board members we have now, I think eight or nine of them are, are Republicans. You know, but they, that board operates in a bipartisan, nonpartisan fashion. Right. Most, open, most of their votes are unanimous. Right. They, they open, they, and, they, you know, they, they purchase land and open a school and do all these things, uh, regardless of party affiliation, because that doesn't matter. And so I think you're, you're, you have people who are, you know, maybe you're talking about, um, you know, the Supreme Court's abortion decision, but a school board member has no say over that. And they have a lot of say over whether or not schools open on time, uh, whether we have, you know, more new schools like Liberty Creek or not, how the teachers get paid, uh, and, and what happens to your kids. And so I think it's a, I think it's a bad thing um, just because it introduces these national issues on, on both sides. You know, Sumner County has, you know, depending upon the numbers, 40% of the county is Democrats. But if you come up to me and tell me you're some sort of, you know, Ted Cruz Republican, I may not want to listen to anything else you have to say. Exactly. Even even if you might have some really good ideas about education in Sumner County. Right. Uh, you mentioned uh, how we pay our teachers. Uh, teachers got a significant pay raise recently, and I remember there was, uh, and you know, there was an associated tax increase that went with that that a lot a lot of people were. Uh, upset about um do you have a ballpark number on what an average starting salary for a teacher in sumner county would be i think we're now at forty thousand. At forty thousand, um, which is maybe up to 40 i think it's forty thousand for sumner so um and how does that compare with uh, the counties around us so in middle tennessee that's actually very competitive uh okay. williamson county i think is at 42 metro is a little higher than that they're in the mid 40s 45 i believe uh nashville actually pays higher than any any other district in middle tennessee but that's kind of new for them um, but, but we are now one of the higher paying counties in middle Tennessee. If you look at like Rutherford, Williamson, Wilson, um, you know, I, I think teachers in, in Nashville make between seven and 10,000 more depending upon their years of service, but uh, otherwise sure. we're right on track. Good, good. Um, we're right on track with our peers, but, it, uh, we still have a, a teacher shortage from what I understand. Though. Yeah. Even in Sumner County, um, we definitely i don't know exactly how many openings there are as of today i know they're actively trying to hire i know there's one school that that still had nine vacancies um on day one and school has already started yes yeah, school started monday today is uh wednesday so mm -hmm. as of today they had nine vacant certified positions um this is a national problem it's not not a sumner county or tennessee problem um people i think are deciding they can make more money or the same money doing less stressful jobs <laughs> exactly than there's a you know, I was driving uh, south on Highway 109 last week and, and passed uh, uh, a company that I, I think makes porcelain, that makes toilets. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had a huge sign on the side of the road now hiring. And they had, they were start, they had starting salaries up to $25 an hour. Right. And if you work full-time 40 hours a week, that's $50,000 a year. Right. Plus, they had a sign-on bonus, plus benefits. Um uh, 
you know, so you can you can show up with a high school degree and start at fifty thousand dollars making toilets, or you can <laughs> work for four years, get yourself a bachelor's degree, get certified as a teacher, come to Sumner County and make forty thousand dollars a year and have to deal with irate parents and uh, crazy school board members, state legislators who think you're teaching critical race theory and everything else. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, you know, my, my, I have a friend who uses an analogy, you know, maybe somebody's paying you $100 a day, to, but they hit you with the baseball bat every single day. And then they say, well, we're, now we're going to pay you $1,000, but we're still going to hit you with a baseball bat. And sometimes you're just like, you know what, I don't want to get hit with a bat anymore. I don't want to get hit with a bat anymore. I don't exactly. care how much you pay me. Exactly. So, you know, the pay is competitive. Um, it, it probably could be higher. But there are a lot of other issues that that get into education that cause people not to want to stay in teaching. It's a it's a very a very stressful job. I, I know some teachers in our, our public school system, and I was just talking to one of them who teaches at uh, Gallatin High School, just down the road from here in Portland. Uh, and uh, she loves her kids. She loves her kids. She uh, she's uh, she teaches freshman high school, uh, so ninth grade. Right. Uh, and she absolutely loves teaching. She absolutely loves her job, her students, and. Uh, but uh, it is an extremely stressful job because of all the different pressures she gets from different sources. Uh, and uh, that can make things tough, you know. And, you know, everyone says, oh, teachers get the summer off. They shouldn't complain. Well, they might get the summers off, but they're not exactly doing nothing all summer. And they certainly do work a lot of hours during the school year. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. So getting back to partisan elections, good, yeah. bad, indifferent. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't. I think I think net it's bad because I think people, you know, have associations with either party, and and that has no place in a school board. Um, and if you go to a school board meeting, you're going to see that none of the discussions have anything to do with these party partisan issues. Right. It's much more meat and potatoes. They're actually really, really, really boring. Ah. <laughs> uh, are our school board meetings uh, open to the public? Can anyone sit in a school board meeting? They are absolutely open to the public. What I think is interesting is there are people running for school board who have never or very rarely attended a school board meeting, and they have a great idea of what goes on, even though they haven't been there. Even though they've never attended. <laughs> uh, but in, in all fairness, you can watch those meetings online. Is you, that correct? You can watch them online. So maybe, maybe okay. they're watching them online. And that's also true with our, our county commission meetings. Yeah, that used to not be true, by the way. That was 10 years ago. That was definitely that was not that, the case. That was definitely not the case, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, even if you can't get out of the house, uh, if you have a couple hours to kill, you can certainly tune into your local school board meetings and county commission meetings because they are broadcast live. Yeah, if you want to know what's going on, you can absolutely watch online. I would, I would definitely encourage people as, as they do the budget process, if you don't do any other time, you know, the April-May budget decisions are the biggest decisions. That's where we spend all the money. That's where they decide things like teacher pay. So those meetings are, are I mean, they can be pretty interesting to watch. They usually have a nice presentation. You can follow along with the line item budget, that's an interesting meeting to, to be a part of. Because that's really the one that sets the tone for the whole rest of the year, doesn't it? It yeah. absolutely does. Okay. I, I mentioned critical race theory in, in, in passing before. Um, so is critical race theory being taught in Sumner County Schools? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, that's that's uh, graduate-level legal theory it's a graduate level legal theory that's taught in so law unless schools, we're yes. teaching law school no i mean okay. so what, what what passes for critical race theory is anything that a very small group of people gets really excited about uh that has to do with uh talking about race um there's a group called moms for liberty they're actually here in sumner county um they don't like it when you tell the truth about what happened uh in the civil rights movement or that ruby bridges had a d tough time 
or anything like that. It makes them uncomfortable right. because they feel guilty, uh, possibly because they're racist. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if that was it. There's another uh, there's another term out there float, floats around. There's also a, a bad thing. It's a curriculum called wit and wisdom. Uh, do you know anything about wit and wisdom? Um, I do. I have. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure in, on a curriculum level whether it's great or not. I think there are a lot of people who talk about it being a great uh, curriculum for early reading. Um, there's definitely concern because um, I, re- I read an article again, Moms for, Moms for Liberty. Uh, concerned about what they called seahorse porn because there were seahorses mating. Mating seahorses. Oh and my God. that was going to teach kids to, you know, have sex. Um, I don't think humans and seahorses reproduce exactly the same. Right. But there might be so, some problems. So there are these kind of trumped up concerns that um, about this theory or curriculum that they're just not true. It's just insanity if you read the complaints. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Um, Folks, we're about to take uh, a break. When we come back, we're going to finish up our conversation with Andy Spears. It is 5.44 p.m., sorry, and this is WQKR. Why choose the Farmers Bank? We've been serving our community since 1912, and we still manage our business locally. This means that when you need banking services or a loan, we don't let a computer or someone thousands of miles away make our decisions. We make decisions locally. We visit with you in person. We shake your hand. We get to know you and your family. The Farmers Bank is a community bank built on trust and quality customer care and service. Visit us at any of our 11 area locations or online at thefarmersbank.net to see the Farmers Bank difference. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. It's about time for the old annual spring cleaning when we want to make everything inside look just as good as nature has made everything look good outside. And when it comes to our carpeted floors, that means a really good deep carpet cleaning, not just surface cleaning, the kind that makes the carpet look like new again. In our area, there's really only one name to remember and one number to call. New World Cleaning at 615-572-1500. Ricky Kirstner has years of experience making old carpet look like new and newer carpet look like it's still on the showroom floor. That's because Ricky gives your carpet a deep cleaning way below the surface with modern truck-mounted steam cleaning equipment. New World Cleaning has been offering good, honest, dependable work, both residential and commercial, in Sumner, Macon, and Trousdale counties for more than 25 years. Licensed and insured, New World Cleaning will make your carpet look like new. Call New World Cleaning today and take advantage of their springtime special, three rooms of carpeting for just $99. Call today, 615-572-1500. 615-572-1500. In Portland, your auto parts headquarters is Napa. Locally owned and operated and conveniently located at 419 North Broadway. Napa specials this month include the Big Bucket Special. Buy a $5.49 bucket of three or more qualified Napa products that fit in the bucket. And get an additional 20% off. Some exclusions apply. Offer good while supplies last. Napa products for your car or truck in the Big Bucket Special. Other specials in July include a Craftsman 20-inch plastic toolbox, just $21.99. Save $46 on a Craftsman 81-piece gunmetal tool set, now only $79.88. Friendly hometown service, people who know and want to help. 
That's Napa Know How, 419 North Broadway in Portland. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Who says the perfect friendship doesn't exist? Get 20-piece Chicken McNuggets and a basket of fries for only $8.99. Share it with a friend or many friends. Only at McDonald's. For a limited time, prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Welcome back. Uh, this is the Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lenisanti, and you're listening to WQKR in Portland, Tennessee. It is 96 degrees and partly cloudy at the Portland Municipal Airport. Yeah, so you want to stay cool and stay hydrated. All right, let's finish up our conversation with Dr. Andy Spears talking education in Sumner County. So, Andy, you know, we've uh, I think we've uh, put a wet towel on people here <laughs> over the last hour. Uh, any good news in Sumner? Any good news with education? Yeah. I mean, so Sumner County and, and really statewide, but Sumner County had f- fantastic uh, test scores. The actual actually this year, the T and ready scores kind of worked. There were no there were no major problems with T and ready. Um, so that's new. And then the other good result was uh, our, our students in Sumner County have done really well. So the teachers administrators people who've put the schools together um, did a great job especially coming out of covid and people really didn't know how kids would respond to being back in school uh, and, I and think, it worked uh, out well from my own personal experience i think uh, uh kids really wanted to be back kids wanted to be in school yeah. Ki- people are social humans are social humans are exactly kids want to be with other kids yeah and you want to you want to be with people uh, it's not the same when you Zoom, you know, your class all day. So. Exactly, exactly. But I guess if the pandemic has taught us anything, we are a resilient species. And uh, if anything like that ever happens again, we know we have an ability to at least somewhat salvage. Yeah, an we can adapt and, and it's not a, not a lost mm-hmm. cause. And, 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 you know, people talked a long time about their concerns about learning loss. It turns out, um, you know, as soon as you got kids back in school, they were they were ready to learn again. So, in my uh, in my public speaking class, I uh, I now have a little mini lesson on what's the best mask to wear when you're pub- <laughs> speaking in public. Yes, uh, and of course, there's a whole unit on um, you know how do you zoom. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I teach a public speaking class at Belmont, and that was we went from uh, masks all the time to you know no mask, which has been a great right. transition. But, right. but that speaking with mask was was a challenge. It was. It was the. The funny thing I found out was uh, um, the uh, traditional light blue surgical mask. You know the the common ones you see everywhere. They're sort of the they were sort of the best uh, compromise between an ability to be heard through it and the ability to protect you from um, COVID. So, right. yeah. when in doubt, if you're going to give a speech, you need a mask, folks. Go with the uh, light blue surgical. Yep, I would agree with that. <laughs> okay, uh, so anyway, let's finish up talking about education here. Um, and I'm glad to hear that test scores are up and that our teachers are doing a great job with our, our students. Uh, te- what are your thoughts about standardized testing? I know we hear a lot about 
standardized testing, wasting a lot of time and not telling us anything. But on the other hand, we do need to assess how well our students are doing and, and how well our teachers are doing. So what are your thoughts on standardized testing? Yeah, I think, you know, I think what's interesting is, um, you know, at the end um, of the Obama administration, President Obama and, and Senator Lamar Alexander from Tennessee got together and reformed the No Child Left Behind Act. And that gave states the opportunity to be, to be flexible with testing. Um, there are some states that now don't, don't do assessments every single year, which I think is, is fine. Um, Tennessee hasn't taken advantage of that. But I think, you know, we would do well, like you said, to do some regular assessments. It's good to know where people are and what we're doing. You want to look at, like, equity gaps and disparities. Um, but I also don't think you need to assess every kid every year. So, um, you know, I think that's, again, kind of this rare bipartisanship in, in Washington where you had Barack Obama and Lamar Alexander agreeing and getting two different parties but getting right. something done. And, and they got something done. And, you know, Tennessee and Chicago are very different places, but um, – so you think it, we could still get some good data about how our kids are doing, even if we don't test every single year? Yeah, you can do either, you know, the NAEP, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, assesses a random sample of kids every other year. So you could do that. You could do, you know, tests in maybe third, fifth, and seventh grade. I mean, there are ways to do it without giving, um, you know, it, it creates a lot of anxiety for kids. It does. Test-taking anxiety is real. <laughs> um, and, you know, and kind of what we saw during the pandemic, when we, there was the year we didn't really count the tests because of the pandemic and then the kids came back and they went had a full year of school and they did fine so we learned a lot uh, i think the pandemic taught us we don't have to test every year and i, I think uh, standardized testing also puts a lot of stress on teachers because in many cases their evaluations their performance is somewhat graded evaluated on how well their students do on those tests right and that that absolutely creates um you know all this other noise going on the politicization of, of public schools um that creates a lot of noise and teachers do get evaluated in tennessee 50% of their evaluation actually is based on the test scores of their kids. 50%. Um, and, and, you know, while it's nice to have data, it's also, to me, unfair to grade a teacher based on how kids perform on one day out of the year um, instead of how you do the whole time. So, Exactly. One day is just a snapshot, of course. I mean, that can definitely be informative, but it does, shouldn't be, you know, if you get a, a, a score below a three in Tennessee, you could be put on a list where eventually you... You lose your job. Now, the reality now is they're desperate to have teachers altogether, but that's because of this type of, of testing pressure. Are we um, still hiring bus drivers in Sumner County? We are, yes. If you would like to do something in the morning or afternoon and make some decent money, I think it's $22 an hour now. $22 an hour? They, I think they doubled the rate of pay. The starting wow. pay used to be 11 and they moved up to 22 So if you would like to make 22 bucks an hour, have a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the afternoon to drive, it's a great job for retired people or people who work from home and need something to do in the morning to get them started. Uh, a bus full of 70 kids will definitely get you started. Yeah, if you're interested, you want to contact the uh, Sumner County School Board. Okay, so let's uh, sum up with Andy. We've just got a couple of minutes left in today's show. Uh, I, I think kind of to summarize, it seems like we are politicizing curriculum. Yes. We're politicizing school board votes. We're attacking funding for good schools, or at least we're diverting funding away from schools to charter schools. Uh, and some people don't seem to like that we're spending money on physically good schools like the Liberty Creek. You know, there was some I've seen a lot of social media posts about uh, some of the wasteful and quote unquote wasteful and extravagant spending uh, at Liberty Creek. And again, I mean, you know, these folks don't understand that we're competing with other places to live and we're comp our students are competing with students from all over the world. And, and yeah, they need absolutely. a good education and, and a good environment as part of that. 
Yeah, well, Nashville is one of the hottest places in the country to move. But if you're moving to Nashville and deciding where to live, you've got Rutherford County and Williamson County. Exactly. You know, exactly. We want Sumner County schools. We want them to come and visit our schools and be excited. Exactly. Yeah, and I think schools like the Liberty Creek schools um, are a <laughs> – I think it should be on the cover of the, uh, you know, the economic pro- development brochure. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, so with all this political stuff circling around our schools – and around education, uh, you know, either locally or on a state level, and of course nationally as well. What is this? What is the impact of that? You know, on on kids and teachers in the classroom. I mean, is this affecting you know what's going on eight to four inside the classroom? I mean, I think the short answer is yes. I think teachers definitely feel pressure. They're they're, you know, these kind of small groups. Um, you know, Moms for Liberty I mentioned, but they're, they're kind of this small group funded by dark money, the, the Koch Brothers money, Americans for Prosperity, and they come in and they, they create problems for teachers, um, file complaints, try to get books removed, uh, do all these types of things, and that makes it harder for a teacher to do, uh, do their job. And that's why you're seeing, you know, the evidence is we, we have a shortage. People don't want to do it. Even though we're paying more, we have these beautiful facilities, people are, are not eager to sign up for that job because – the outside pressure is, is sometimes too much. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's too bad. And that's to the detriment of our, our students, and that's the detriment of our, our wonderful teachers. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think the thing I would say is the real loser in all this is the kids because the kids exactly. are the great teachers exactly. and they're not there. So. Yeah, the kids can tell if the teacher's having a stressful day. Believe me, I, I know that for a fact. Okay, uh, well, Andy, um, thanks for coming today. Uh, any closing comments or thoughts or ideas? Um, I don't think so. I will say it's a lot hotter in uh, August in the afternoon than it is at, at seven in the morning. So <laughs> it sure it sure is. Uh, the uh, we've got the fan cranking pretty quick here in the studio here at WQKR. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us, Andy. Everyone, that was uh, Dr. Andy Spears uh, talking education in Sumner County. All right, uh, that is it for today, folks. Um, Thank you for listening in to The Loyal Opposition. Next week, uh, we have former newspaper er- j- owner, uh, former journalist, and uh, journalism instructor, Clay Scott, who's going to talk to us about how the media works and how maybe we're not always getting the full picture of what's going on out there in the world due to various agendas that uh, people in the media might have. So be sure to tune in next week, 5 o'clock, here on WQKR. Uh, Clay Scott, our special guest next week, talking journalism, talking the media, uh, finding out where the good news is. So thank you, everyone. This is it for today. For the Loyal Opposition, I am Len Asante, and this is WQKR. See you next time, and don't forget to go vote.
Whether you're on your way to work in the morning and looking to grab a quick breakfast, on lunch break and wanting something good and hot and quick, or just hungry and not sure what you want, the one place you can always find what will work for you is AM Express at the intersection of highways 31 and 52, just off exit 117 of I-65 in Portland. They're open 24 hours a day, offer both takeout and Grubhub delivery service, and have the biggest selection of fast food of anyone in the area. Fast food or home-cooked meals, meat in two sides, just six forty-nine. Delicious Godfather's pizza, three for thirteen ninety-nine. Fried chicken, chicken strips, livers, and gizzards, 